Hey gardeners, one thing that we've always wanted to do is grow enough food to feed our families, meaning no grocery stores or anything. But the question is, can we actually do that? Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We are your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. What's your initial thought, Batavia? Initial thought about can you grow enough to feed your family? Can Batavia grow enough to feed her family? Yes, yes she can. What if you had a family of four? <laughs> uh, uh, I was hoping that, you know, you weren't counting. Um in my lifetime, yes, it's possible. In the current place that I garden, I'd say it'd be a real stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's always been, I'm going to use the word sexy thought. And I've done a lot of research on it. And I've always come back and forth of can you, can you not, can you, can you not. And I think it, there's a lot of vari- variables, variabilities, variables. Variables. Yeah, okay. That can kind of make it, a reality but yeah it's it's something that we definitely need to have that conversation because i hear a lot of people say that that they, they want to grow enough food to feed their families yeah i i often hear the grow enough food for a year yeah. right and the implication is to feed your family for a year um and i've been thinking about it a lot not because i feel like I necessarily need to, but I do, my mind does kind of the daydream about gardening now, you know, given where we are in the year, it's kind of like, well, what would that look like? You know, I was, um, I was eating some kale and I was just like, you know how much kale I would have to grow to be able to eat like this, you know, it's a package of kale I got from the store, like this much kale, like that's a lot. So that's why I go back to say, like the space you have is is really important when it comes to that. Right. Um, so, yeah. So let's be clear about one thing right now, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I live in zone five. I can't do that. Well, I'm here to tell you the first settlers lived in New England and they had to. They had no choice. So it is definitely possible. You know, no matter what your climate is, it is definitely possible. So let's. Let's hash this out for a sec, because when you ask the question, how about sixty secs? Let's do this. Well, just a minute. No, no, yeah. So um, (laughs) (laughs) when we first, when you first asked the question, I was trying to be very deliberate in a quick and succinct answer, but in my mind, I was going through, you know, uh, remove the. I really would enjoy these things, you know, and insert the you've grown it, and this is what you're going to eat. Right. You know, so like the nice things, the wants versus the needs. Yeah. Right. Um, and so if I look at it's really it comes down to kind of quantity and I'm going to slide in diversity just because unless we're post apocalypse, no one's going to want to eat potatoes like for all of the year. You know what I mean? Like you're going to want to eat something different. Right. Um, 
So that's the part that even in the Midwest and some of the places, I mean, Chicago has zone fives. I'm in zone six in particular. Like it's very possible with the right amount of land and I guess the right gardener. Um, but and the right techniques. Yeah, yeah. The right techniques. There we go. Listen to that. Spoiler alert. Early bail. <laughs> no, it's I mean yeah. you're exactly right and I mean the question before you even embark on this journey if this is something you're even concerned about is should you, do you even need to do it? Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. that's super important, right? Is I mean before yeah. you even I mean, taking on something like this is a monumental effort at best. So Mm -hmm. do you really need to grow enough food to feed your family for a year? Yeah, I um, I'm going to say hell yeah. Well, you know what? I so we're going to go back. We're going to continue to rewind until we get to the right starting point. So a part of um, beyond the love of. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, so, a part of what drives me to grow different things, um, the, the quantity of things is I am banking experience. I am banking garden experience. I said it's a part of. It's not the only reason, right? And there is a there are two reasons. One, the extreme version of Batavia, which is separate and apart from New Year and New Batavia. Which is waning like, thin at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're on a tail end, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're rounding third, and we're just going to skip and go to the, you know, the stands. We're not even going to hit the home base. Um, so a part of it is the extreme, like, you know, doomsday version of myself, mm-hmm. where it's like we may be, there may be a time in my lifetime, right, where this is required, Right. You grow what you eat. Um, the more practical part of me is there will be a time where I am living in a different place. I have a different garden space and I am voluntarily growing a lot of what I consume. Right. You know, so I am working on that skill set now. Right. Every year in my garden. Well, I like to think about. So I have a couple things to say right now. First of all, I like to think about your gardening. What? Why are you raising your hand? You said a couple. I'm counting for you. Okay. One. Go so ahead. the way you garden is essential to, you know, the way humans think and act is you're like a gardening explorer, Batavia. <gasps> so. <laughs> I love it. So you're. Hold on. I'm, I'm emailing my publicist to add this to my profile. Okay, do it. <laughs> so, and the reason why I say that is because you have this like curiosity about how things grow that drives you. Now, I'm going to ruin the compliment. Oh shit! <laughs> to, I've already written down garden explorer. That's that to make high good and bad decisions in your garden. But at the same time, Ed, that's okay because your garden is big enough for you and your growing needs. So you have that like desire within you to do that. Now I have the desire within me to provide for my family, which is a whole nother quality of humanity. So I want to provide as much as I can. So you broke it down into two sections, you know, my post, my, my apocalyptic Batavia, which mm-hmm. I love the apocalyptic Batavia. We see eye to eye. I, I just want to be able to contribute. And this is like, <laughs> you know. 
So if you look at everything right now, we have inflation, we have fires and floods and climate change. If you do or don't believe it, you can't deny the fact that even if it is cycles, we are in a tough cycle in our weather right now. There's droughts. There's all these things that are affecting the food supply. Not to mention you have gas prices going up. So the cost of food is going to go up because of that and so on and so forth. So you do have these issues. Now, does that mean that you need to grow enough food that you never need to go to the grocery store? And we're going to pretend right now that every single person on here is vegetarian and doesn't eat meat. We're just going to pretend mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. So and for throughout the show, it doesn't matter if you eat meat or not, but we don't talk about raising animals for slaughter and stuff like that. You're welcome to do that, mm-hmm. but whatever. So does that mean that we need to do that? I don't think it does. I think it means we need to grow enough to offset what we need from the grocery store. Go. So I receive a, um, a notice for my like home gas. You know, it's heating gas, it's cooking yep. gas. So I receive a text when the bill drops, when the beat drops. And then I receive a text when they withdraw the money from my account. And you're only getting one I text, the right text now. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I received a text in January and I really opened it up and said, I know you're lying. Like the amount of money. And I, I haven't called the gas company. Who knows how long it, it made me call the gas company because I needed them to break down why they were charging me this much. Right. Um, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but just know that incrementally many of our expenses are increasing. Right. And I say just know, like everyone that's listening knows this. And you start to look at money's going out and money's coming in. Right. And so the money's coming in or they're staying pretty much the same and the money's going out are going higher and higher. And so when I look at something like uh, my food bill, which is one of the, you know, shelter food. Right. I need to be able to manage that because I'm paying so much more in gas, as an example, in January. Right. Right. Yeah. I need to go to the grocery store less. Um, And Remember, I was saying out of um, originally, it's the I want to um, out of just my curiosity, grow a thing. Um, it's not necessarily a need. We're getting closer and closer to that on certain things. And even if you um, do so, grow out of curiosity, you can still satisfying that need as well. You might just have to pare down some of your curiosities. Yeah. Let me say it this way. Do it. Right now, I still have the convenience. I can still grow out of convenience, you know, curiosity. I can grow out, you know, out of, you know, it being a hobby. Right. And out of all of those things, in almost all cases, I will yield something to consume some bit of food. Right. And that is an awesome thing. You're getting closer and closer for me, at least with, um, if I can minimize my grocery bill by $25 a month, that's significant. Yeah. Right. You know, um, if I can, even in January when there's nothing actively growing in my garden, if I can have, if I already produced something from my garden that can feed me in January, that's important. So I'm going to pull these numbers. Uh, don't ask me how I know this, but I know this. 
and understand that if I, when I say the percentages, I may be one or two percentage off from these, but inflation is the highest it's been since 1980. And I believe it sits right around 8%. Okay. That being said, people got paid last year about four or 5% more. But once you put in inflation and I can't remember the other metric and it was actually like people got paid point. I know this number is a fact 2.5% less in 2021 Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. on inflation and pay raises and pay rates. Mm -hmm. So you can see that like, yeah, stuff's going up. People are getting paid more, but because it's so high, we have less money coming into our families. So Mm -hmm. that being said, with your $25 a month, that's a big deal. Now, mm-hmm. where we really get into, do you need to, you need to understand if you're doing it for financial viability or something, that there is a cost in growing your own food. It is not mm-hmm. free. And we have yeah. said many a times, hey, you just buy a pack of seeds, stick it in the dirt. But when you're taking it to another level of survival and all that stuff, there's a lot more pressure that goes on you into mm-hmm. which you need to really manage it more. So there is going to be some start. So you need to really do the cost analysis. And we've done that before on other shows. I think we did one about, is it worth it to grow or our most cost effective crops to grow? I think we did that mm-hmm. before. So you can check that episode out. But that being said, you know, that's kind of the baseline for that. Now, if you're like somebody who's like, you know, lower income, you know, having a hard time finding a job, really big family, something like that. I mean, that's something you really need to look into. Yeah. Um, I go back to shelter and food, you know, that's, those are the beginnings, right? The things that we all want as human beings, right? Happiness, you know, love, all of those things. Yeah. But when you talk about kind of my American right to shelter and food, right? Um, another way to look at it is maybe that's $25 that I can set aside and save for my 2025 vacation. Cause it seems like that's the next time I'm going to travel somewhere, but my 2025 vacation, yep. right? I let's growing food and whether it's a little or a lot, I feel like gives you a certain level of freedom and I can break that down in a couple of different ways. Um, but right now I'm just going to focus on, there is some additional financial freedom, right? So if you don't grow it, you're still gonna have to pay for it. Right. So while growing your own food isn't free, it does come at some expense. The intent is at some point it's going to be less expensive to grow your own food. I haven't even touched on the idea of the health benefits, Right. You know, so also consider that as things shift, as things change, you have an opportunity to potentially um, consume things that are healthier. And I'm just going to say plainly put more vegetables. Yeah. You know, Um, and so I mean, I think one of the things that I enjoy about different gardeners is that we garden for different reasons. We do different things with uh, our gardens. We do different things with the things we get from our garden, you know, the harvest and all. And I believe that, you know, the reason you garden today could be very different than the reason you garden tomorrow, right. which is probably very different than the reason you garden five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, exa- I agree with you completely. And I would say that, <clears throat> you know, once you ask yourself, you know, do I really need to, can I, then the question 
to bring up to yourself is, do you want to? Because there's a lot of things that are involved in, you know, basically having a farm. Let's just call it what Mm -hmm. it is. It's Mm -hmm. a farm. So let's do this. Let's go to our break and then we'll come back. And then we're going to talk about, you know, why you may or may not want to grow all of your food for the year for your family. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. So the question is, do you want to grow your food for your family at this point? Do you want to, Batavia? Looking at the year 2022, no, I do not want to grow all of the food for my family. Really? Yeah. Interesting. This year, I do not want to. I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah. Well, you know, because I clearly have not set out plans to do that. Um, I, I mean, that's, that's something that I think you have to be very planful about yeah. and that's not this year's plan. I, I, I can respect that. I mean, you know, well, first of all, what's one thing that you're going to put in your garden this year that if you were going to grow for your whole family that you would have to take out, like, like you wouldn't be able to grow enough of it to kind of make up for the use of space that it would take. Oh, great question. Ooh. I can think of mine uh, right off the top of my head. Yeah, cucumbers. Really? Yeah. Mine would be the peanuts. Mm-hmm. I don't see them with the space I have. I don't see that I would get enough to really make a difference. I would actually, I'm going to add a second one as well, and that is melons. Yeah. So those two melons, just based on, you know, it's it's definitely kind of the fun thing. It'd be cool too, but it takes up a lot of vining space. Yeah cucumbers you know there are a couple of different ways you can use them but that's again it takes up a lot of like trellis space and it all it's the opposite there's it just would produce probably too much yeah Um, and i'm talking about the way i normally grow cucumbers not a single cucumber plant like that's you know that'd be fine but yeah Yeah, you could definitely pare it down but at at some point though i i don't know i think the question is you know if if you're talking about growing for the whole year and we're, we're assuming if you're listening to this episode that you're living somewhere where like it gets winter time and things aren't actively mm-hmm. like you can't grow tomatoes in January. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're just, you don't, we're assuming you do not have 365 days of growing, right. Of growing whatever you want. Let's be, yeah. let's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think you need to really ask yourself, do you want to preserve food? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that is the only way that you're going to be able to do this, right? I mean, you have to have enough to get through. So so this actually is really interesting because we've talked about how for many years I was a, I didn't call myself it then, but I was a fresh kind of eating gardener. Everything that I grew was consumed fresh, like fresh, I mean, not raw, but there was no preserving whatsoever then there's some years where i started preserving just a little bit and now that's changed for me and i think it's super interesting because your garden is going to be different period and point blank if you're growing with the idea of preservation in mind yeah versus not 
No, I agree with that. And I, I think, you know, for us, we grow with pre- preservation of mind. And let me put it to you. Like I just, I'm dealing with this right now. So we canned our tomatoes and we had 15 cans of tomatoes and it is now, um, February. And at this time we have one quart jar left of tomatoes. That's it. So that being said, and that's only for this time of year. Now for the winter, like I started eating them in the, from like, you know, Within the span of two or three months, we went through that many jars of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So now let's go for 12 months. And granted, you'll be able to eat fresh tomatoes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you at the same time have to be putting them back. So we would need to make probably around 100 jars of tomatoes to get through the whole year. But do you? So I don't remember if I've shared this with you on or off air. I didn't. I canned salsa. Right. And then I did like a I did do like a frozen um, pepper and tomato sauce, but kind of straight tomatoes. I didn't preserve a single jar of straight tomatoes. I actually did a bruschetta as well. So I did preserve some tomato products. But when it comes to tomato sauce or diced tomatoes, I'm still eating out of my 2020 gardens preservation you know batch right so i said do you really need to when it comes to the 100 because i was thinking about it and i said well last year my tomato harvest was kind of eh. you know I, I tried some new varieties you know it some of them didn't work out that great for preserving yada 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 and so i said at this point based on how i was consuming right which was pretty sparse going in from 2020 into 2021 how i was consuming tomatoes i wonder if i could basically plant heavy for tomatoes every other year right preserve up enough to get me through um kind of a one and a half year mark if you will you could but i can't Mm -hmm. so there is the difference is we're all different Mm-hmm. We all have different eating habits. We all have different recipes we make. We all have different ingredients. And I think the the thing that I like to think about is, you know, <clears throat> if we were going to do this, we would have to change the way we eat. You know, so glad you went there. Yeah, yeah you're going to have I mean, you can't be like, OK, well, tonight we're going to have spaghetti. You know, you'd have to look at it and be like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have spaghetti tonight because we don't. Mm-hmm. Have, and th- is that something that you really you know, is that something you really want to deal with? You know what I mean? Like we're living in a time and place where it's like, I want pizza. I'm going to go eat a damn pizza. I remember at the very beginning of what we understand to be the beginning of the pandemic. So this is like spring of 2020 before um, I live in Illinois, before like things were officially shut down. I was like going to my favorite restaurants to get takeout because I was like, shoot, this could be the last time I have access to this for yep. who, who knows how long, right? It was months of me doing that, which is a whole different conversation. That's why I wasn't eating tomatoes because I was all in the <laughs> drive through um, So I look at that and say, when it comes to what you want to eat versus what you actually are eating, instead of tomatoes, um, which I would maybe serve with some pasta, do I eat rice instead, right? Like that's, that's the real distinction right now that we have luxury still even today you and i have luxuries when it comes to choosing what we're going to consume choosing the meals we're not going to go as extreme as like you know 
apocalyptic Batavia where it's like whatever you know we could pull out of the the root cellar is what we're going to eat we're not going to go that far but you still go back to needing to make more responsible decisions if you will you know trying to manage against waste trying to manage against what has grown in your garden what you actually were able to preserve trying to still keep your meals interesting like that's the piece that's important I think you all just generally use more tomato products than I do probably that's that's I think in part, um, even if you you know remove the the multiplier of number of people, um, and if we're assuming that we're all eating veget- uh, vegetarian meals, that also cuts back into if I use twenty twenty and twenty one as an example, I would have long been out of tomato sauce. Yeah, you know, um, and so that's also something to consider. Um, and I'm not using the past year or two as the example of, you know, growing enough food to feed my entire family for a year. Right. And my immediate family is a family of one when it comes to who's in my household. Right. right? So let's just clarify that. But let's throw your, you know, let's throw your mom in in the mix and all these people and then have them, you know, and then she's so picky. Well, then that (laughs) might actually work out good for you then. (laughs) But I mean, you know, it's one of those things where we're used to things and yes you're you're you are right we do eat a lot more tomatoes than you do because i make a lot of Mm -hmm. soups Mm -hmm. but you know what maybe we'd have to switch away from tomato-based soups you know Mm -hmm. and then you bring up rice well what are you going to grow rice patties Mm you're going to have a rice patty Mm -hmm. in your yard you know oh you want pasta what are you going to grow the wheat i mean there's all these things that you need to think about before you do it and i don't really know what goes i know that at one point we bought a handheld um I'm going to call it a wheat mill to take mm-hmm. like wheat and then grind it down. Yeah. That thing was a straight bitch to use. It was like hand, it was, you know, by hand, they did it back in the 1800s. And I mean, them some bitches, I would not let somebody put their hands on me back then. Cause they would have killed me. That thing was hard work, dude. So, you know, making flour and all that stuff, man, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. So that being said, one, first of all, it'd be a great weight loss plan. Just going to go on the record. Well, I don't know. You'd be eating a lot of potatoes and corn. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, maybe you wouldn't be eating a lot because it takes so much work to get to whatever you're going to actually yeah. make. Yeah. So, I mean, what else can you think of that would be like a, a big warning sign for like, do you even, you know, or do you even want to, you know what I mean? Like, should you want to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, um, I think you have to like baby step it. So when it comes to you want to, there's a lot of setup for a potential fail, potential failure. Every year something um, doesn't go the way we expect in our garden, which in turn impacts how much we get out of a particular vegetable. Um, So you look and you say, all right, I'm growing, you know, I'm, I'm on this kick. I really want my broccoli to do well. Batavia, you know, current year, I really want my broccoli to do well. I'm eating a lot of broccoli this winter and this is store-bought broccoli. And I'm just like, I'd love to have more broccoli. And there's a chance that broccoli doesn't do well for me this year. And so I have dedicated quite a bit of my garden space. And again, thinking about the home gardener here, quite a bit of my garden space to these plants and how much am I really going to get out of it. Um, So do you really want to? Uh, Another reason would be you would very likely need to give up kind of the whimsical piece of the garden. Yeah, Um, I would based on the space that I have. Right. Um, And 
then you in turn are sacrificing, I would be sacrificing a part of the joy that I get from gardening as well. Um, so I think that's you the reason why maybe I don't want to. I think you would work that joy back into it, though. I think it, you know, the reward for bringing in that, that amount of produce would, I think... I don't know. For you, it might be tough, but it may possibly kind of, I'm not going to say outweigh, but it could even out with, you know, the amount of effort you put into it and stuff like that. I think it'll, it could actually work out pretty good for you. Um, Maybe you need to ask me that question again in June, because I looked at a picture (laughs) of my front yard garden um, this week. And when you're thinking about your garden in February and looking at a picture from like August and you see all the life and the beauty, you know, a lot of the color, you know, many of the flowers, it's really hard in February to say I could forego much of that. Yeah. Right. You know, and it doesn't mean that if you're trying to produce food for only, I mean, for a whole year that you have to absolutely remove flowers as an example, because we know there are beneficial flowers, right? That's going to help your garden. But then you look at when I talk about my space my 893 beds aren't that much no if i'm trying to produce food for a full year for two people even you know for three people if you throw my uncle in you know um he'd be just fine he you know whatever i plow the garden he'd be fine with eating um see for me it works out pretty good because i do have a small space i mean i have i don't know how many square i could sit here and figure out how many square feet but i'm gonna save y'all the pain but i have a couple you know quite a few beds but because I can grow three and a half seasons out of the year, I don't have that amount of pressure that you would have. So there is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I live in the heartbreak zone, so everything can be going good. And then just like that, it's gone. So that's kind of an issue, too. Yeah, I think, though, um, we also have to be very careful. I was someone I saw recently referred to how many growing days, I think, was the reference. And I yeah. actually have somewhere like on my YouTube page, like how many is like 180, 190 growing days. And I'm counting from first frost uh, or from average last frost to average first frost. Like that's what I'm counting as my growing days. But the reality is there is a period at the beginning and a period at the end where the growth is really slowing down. Yeah. Even if you're growing according to your weather, you know, it's really slowing down. So let's be realistic when it comes to even in your instance, um, I think you were talking about in a video recently on Backyard Gardens TV, you're talking about how you were storing food. Like we've had a conversation um, on here before. You were storing food in your garden. Like how much was actively growing? So you're growing much longer than I am, period, point blank. But it's not like you're getting that much. It's not like you're getting like so very close to 365 days. No. Right. So you still have to manage <clears throat> based on that. Dude, I had somebody message me um, from that video. And they said, I love that you can grow year round, but don't you find yourself getting tired and worn out from constantly managing the garden? And my response was in the wintertime, there's a period of about three weeks that I won't even go out and look at the garden and nothing Mm -hmm. changes. So there's things out there, but I don't have to go out there and check on them constantly because there's not a lot of pest pressure. There's not Mm -hmm. a lot of sun. There's not a lot of warm temperatures. So nothing's really actively growing fast. So, no, I do get that break. But Mm -hmm. I also, just like you said, I'm storing the food out there so I can go grab a carrot if I want it. I can get a handful of kale if I want it. Mm -hmm. You know, when that's still very different than. Well, see, that's that's the thing. It's like in every instance we need to say 
your garden wholly, right? So your garden today does not have food to feed your family for the next two weeks. No. Like your active garden does not. However, if you couple, you can plan this where if you couple your active garden in February, as well as what you've preserved, you're that much closer, you know? No, no, that's not true. I do have enough mm. food in my garden right now to feed my family for two weeks, but... Once I harvest that food, I have nothing left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all right, so three weeks, buddy. It's not, <laughs> it's not cut and come again. It's yeah, you know, you yeah. pull the radish up, the radish is gone. Turnips gone. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. So that being, oh, there's said, so much there, there, huh? There's so much there, there. there the is. idea of vegetables that continue to give single harvest vegetables. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there's and see that's all that stuff that you need to think about before you plan mm-hmm. into it mm-hmm. is what can give me the most out of my my effort. So, you know, my kale, I've been harvesting off three plants all winter. My mm. turnips, you you plant one, you pull it up, you're done. You know, so you've got that, yeah. you've got your cabbage, takes forever to grow. Once you cut that cabbage, cut it out, it's done. Mm-hmm, you know, so now mm-hmm. I've got to figure out, like I got three heads of cabbage out of my garden. What do I do with my cabbage? Yeah. You yeah. know, am I going to eat that much cabbage? No, I'm not going to eat that much cabbage. So what are we going to do with it? I'm going to make, we're going to make a batch of egg rolls and freeze them. And then we're going to make um, sauerkraut and then we're going to can the sauerkraut. So we have sauerkraut for the year. And, you know, mm-hmm. three or four jars lasts us a whole year because we don't eat a lot of sauerkraut. But mm-hmm. that being said, if you were doing this and you're like, OK, what grows in my t- in this time frame and where I'm living right now? Cabbage will will stay alive throughout the winter. I need to go heavy on cabbage. I might be eating a lot more sauerkraut. I'm have some stinky ass breath. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing yeah, that you yeah. have to think about. Now, I think the first year it's going to be it's going to be real difficult. But I think the second and third year, you start to get into the swing of it. You start to know. And then by the fourth year, I think you've really got a handle of how things are growing when you're getting them out. Stuff like that, you know. So I was going to call it just off the top five years. So I think we're in the same place. Um, But I'm going to go back to the person that messaged you. If you're doing this and it's not out of complete necessity, it's one of those things where if you have no other choice, you, you gotta, you're hunker down, right? You know, when I imagine as the years go on, it will be tiring. Um, again, it's basically like staying the course. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I find it interesting because on one hand, we talk a lot about, like, if you go back to our August challenge in 2021, the diversity that we wanted, yeah. right? Like, we don't wanna be sick of eating. And I think we have to, again, for this episode, it's not. If I really wanted to, I could go to the store, but it's a challenge, if you will, to say I'm going to eat from things that came from my garden across a year. Um, I think you do want to have some luxuries from the garden. Of course. Right. Some special treats from the garden. Yeah. I mean, I got a Snickers tree out there. You know, every once in a while I get a Snickers bar off of it, you know. Hell yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, and you want to do stuff like, you know, more permaculture type stuff. Um, You know, you need diversity. Diversity is key in that situation. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need fruits. You're going to need vegetables. You're going to need carbs, Mm -hmm. protein, all that stuff. You're going to break down your food groups and figure it out. And now let's take away the restraint on this and say like, hey, we're all vegetarians. And let's say we're not vegetarians now. Mm -hmm. And you're getting meat however you get meat. And you're growing all your own food. 
having a different protein source sometimes is not a bad idea. Yeah. So a yeah. bean, you know, an egg, some mm-hmm. meat, some fish, you know, some cheese, all that stuff is not really such a bad idea to have. And not to mention it's a palate cleanser. You know, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. watching that show I was talking about last time, um, Life Below Zero and um, Above Zero, whatever. And the dude goes out and shoots a moose and he's like, and now I'm, I'm going to eat this moose for six months. My God, could you imagine eating the same thing for six months? Like, that's painful. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's like all he's going to eat is that thing. So it's good to have all like the diversity. And I think the August challenge was such a good thing for us to do because I learned that diversity is king and, yeah. and you know, in a lot of things, not just Hollywood, yeah. but also in the garden. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I will continue to reflect back on that as I plan, you know, kind of future gardens. I do have another question around, do you want to, like, do you want to dedicate the space? So we, right now in the door for you to do this, um, you need to preserve some food. If we're talking a year of, of food for your family, food will need to be preserved. Um, so now you need to think about the space it takes to preserve that. Do you want to dedicate that space in your home? Um, and it feels like a simple answer, but so I don't know. Have I, I've, I've not publicly broken down and I've tried not to publicly break it down because we're using it for a project. But um, the evolution of the backyard garden over the years, have I, I haven't done that. So in the 1800s, um, backyard gardens, people, they their whole backyard was nothing but a farm. It was animals and, you know, places to grow food. They Everybody lived off of it, so on and so forth. And that was the invention of the front porch. So if you go out way out in the country in some places and you see like really old farmhouses, you notice how they all have front porches. That's why, because everybody sat, they didn't want to look out back because that was the workstation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then it kind of got, they got less and less. And then we got started putting porches on the back of the house and people would put badminton and pools and, you know, a lot of leisurely stuff. And the suburbs were created in the, I believe it was the forties for people to have a half acre of land because a half acre was what it was deemed to feed a family of four for a year. You could grow enough food in a half acre to for a family of four, including a house on it. So then you take that away and that went away. So everybody got a half acre. Some people don't now, but some people do. That's still like the standard. And then mm-hmm. they... They continued to put these pools and stuff in backyards. Now we're reverting back to people's backyards being places of production. The only difference is we have come up with new ways in order to make it more pleasing and aesthetically pleasing. You meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, you put an arbor up, you grow grapes up the arbor. Mm -hmm. You you put a fruit tree up instead of a pine tree. You you know all these different things. And that's how things, the, the, you know, the yard has changed in evolution over the years. So it's really been a good thing. And I think, you know, but like where you live, obviously it's different. You're like, mm-hmm. how much does a half acre cost where you live? You know? Oh, good grief. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how big is your I, property? Um, Do you know? Um, 
like 3,000 square feet, See, including the house. Yeah. You know. So, and the so, fact that you grow enough food on your, for what you do is commendable in itself on that. I mean, you, you just describe your property in square footage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thank you. You're welcome. Um, people oftentimes say, oh, that's beautiful. They'll describe primarily the front yard. That's beautiful. And that's never been a way you describe a backyard garden right. or, a, you know, farmland or farm space. Right. So there it's absolutely intentional when it comes to because we're still there. You got a foot in both worlds, something where you can still be social. Like I want to be able to, you know, heat up the grill and have a cocktail outside yep. with some friends. But I also want to be able to grow all of the tomatoes, clearly. Um, so you have that balance. You know, you have space that has been dedicated to either kind of the flatness of grass or that has some like true landscaping done, right? So it's the, I want the space to be attractive. So I still have a foot in that space yep. along with wanting to produce food, right? Um, which again, your mindset could be very different if you got to the point of saying, I need to produce, I want to produce for a full year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I, I I personally love the fact that people want to have gardens yet still make their space attractive because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be like, hey, y'all come over for a barbecue, man. Hold up. Johnny, got there and slop them pigs out there out back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got there and milk that cow. You know, while the grill's sitting right next to him. Like, how weird and gross is that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mildred, you <laughs> shovel the shit out of the pen today? You know, like, nobody wants that. So, you know, and I mean, that's because we're not raising you know farm animals for yeah yeah, livestock thank you Mm -hmm. but if we did have to and you did want to there is that option as well and there are methods at this point in order to do that and still keep some of your creature comforts in your yard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. outdoor living spaces is what they should be called not backyards this is now the outdoor living space gardens podcast yeah last month i was <laughs> hold on so last month i was um shoveling snow because it's the thing we do in the midwest um and i was saying to myself like i just really um i needed the fresh air because you know we had been n- not bad snowstorms but we had had some days of snow and it's like oh i don't want to kind of trek out here i don't want to try to take my car out yada 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 and so i'd gone out early in the morning to shovel a bit and it was just like the air felt and we know it's not clean, but the air felt so clean and fresh. You know, as long as you're moving, you're most times pretty OK outside. It's like 20 degrees or something. Um, and I was just saying it's only a matter of months before this thing like transitions to something else. Yeah. Right. You know, and if I go back to how much time I have when it comes to growing to think about how much if not a full year of how much that space can produce and still kind of hibernate yeah. right that's what's happening in the garden now it's hibernating um, I think it's super duper special because I, I mean I think the default answer answer is I could if I had more space and you and I have talked a lot offline around um how much space we have and how to better utilize our space. Um, And you don't need, you know, 10 acres to have, you know, the successful garden. Like we've talked a lot around that, Um, how difficult it would be to manage that much space. Right. So um, 
I challenge myself sometimes when it comes to getting the most out of what I'm actually growing in. And I, I almost feel like it's a responsibility. Um, I just haven't gone the step of like, um, how am I going to grow all of it? I just, I, I feel like that's not, it's undue pressure for me in this moment. Yeah. I think if I had 50 to 100% more space to grow in, I would probably grow the same amount of food, just spread it out more. Interesting. I think that's exactly what I would do. I would have less overcrowding, less pest pressure, easier to get in and out of the beds and work in. I, I think that's exactly how I would run it. And I think that being said, I would get more out of my garden because of that. So I did a short um, on YouTube and I was like, hey, you know, be careful. Or no, it was something we said on the podcast. I put it up mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, make sure you don't overcart crowd your ground garden. A lot of people, you know, beginner gardeners do that. I was subject to that same mistake. And somebody commented, you know, there's always somebody. And they're like, <laughs> I've had a densely packed garden for years and never had an issue. And I didn't answer them back because I was like, eh, you know what? That's cool. But then the fact is, is like when I did that and then I cut, like I had four tomato plants in and I took one out, I got t- twice as many tomato plants because they could grow more and have more room to spread out. And I really do think that if we had more space to do that, I think you'd be in a better space. So that being said, that's what I would do if I had more space. I wouldn't necessarily, I'd probably add a little bit more. I mean, let's be honest, it's just the way it is. But for the most part, I would just grab more, you know, more space. So... Um, these are all things to consider when you ask yourself, do you want to, I know it's kind of been like scatterbrained a little bit, but it's a lot to kind of, to think about, you know, it's not just, Hey, I'm going to plant 15 more tomato plants this year. You know, it's, I need the space. I need this, the time we didn't even get into, you know, fertilization and soil and upkeep of all that. It becomes a full-time job at that point. Right. Yeah. So two things, real three things. One, I'm really glad you didn't ask me the question around uh, if I, what would I do with like twice as much space? Like I was hoping that you transition. So I'm glad that you did. Uh, <laughs> two, um, in addition to what we didn't cover when it comes to the fertilization water, I'm going to get me started talking about water bills here, but uh, to the amount of time it would take if you grew more than what you're growing now, let's just put it that way, plainly. Um, three, when it comes to, um, as we were talking, when it comes to the preservation piece, uh, kind of manning the garden, like it's a full on production at that point, mm-hmm. you know, like I was thinking about like, you know, like an assembly line of things, right? Um, you are, I mean, you're absolutely farming at that point. Yes. You know, that's, that's the bottom line of it. And the decisions that you're making each day will impact your success as a whole. Yep. You're, you're a farming homesteader at that point. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, if, if you don't preserve food right now, let me break down for you, like in the summer, what one of my days looks like. I get up, you know, and I go and I do my garden walk. I might do a little weeding or something, you know, I'll make sure things are watered. I'll do a garden check, you know, health, all that stuff. I come back in. I'll definitely record a podcast for you guys because we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) And then um, I'll go back out and I'll harvest and then I'll trim and then I'll do that. And then I'll come back and then we'll clean the produce. We'll put it up. We'll eat dinner. And then at that time, it's time to preserve. 
So at night, I'll spend two to three hours preserving food. And that's just kind of like your whole day. You know what I mean? Like, but the, the key is, is I enjoy doing it. There's something to be said about when I'm done and I look over there and I see five, six, you know, even three jars or something that I can, there's a good feeling that I get about that. And when I go into my cabinet right now and I'm like, I want some strawberry jelly and I'm pulling out strawberry jelly from last year, I'm good to go. But that's how much time that stuff takes. So out of my day, a typical day in the summer, if I'm on, if it's a preserving day, those days in the garden can be almost six hours. You know, of gardening related tasks, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And I didn't even go into the fact of me managing my chickens, but I'm going to leave that kind of off to the side because that's a different conversation. So, yeah, it's interestingly enough, my day is reversed. So I would you don't do absolutely. Shit all day, you just sit around? Nope. I just <laughs> nothing. So I'd, you know, rise. I'd, you know, get up, get my coffee going. I'd. I take a shower unnecessarily because I'm going to sweat out every, all of the oh, clean, yeah. cleanliness. But anyway, so shower, get dressed, grab some coffee, do my garden walk, intend on only observing things, but start to work in the garden in any way. Uh, go through the harvest. And I'm even going to go on a work day, like during the week, go through and harvest what I'm harvesting. I'm going to add that to the collection that I've been saving for what I've already harvested. Um, and so let's say it's like 630 or 7 in the morning. Right. Um, I'm going to start preserving at that point. Right. And so I'm going to work that for a couple of hours. I'm going to get logged in at work, do a little bit of work, probably come back on lunch and start getting ready for whatever the next batch is. Um, Get done with work. Um, I've probably eaten a little bit of breakfast, a little bit of lunch. And then I am probably going to eat dinner, uh, leave my canner on the stove and then pick it back up in the morning. So I may... I may just look out of the garden that second day um, and I may just continue to preserve that second day. Yeah. Um, and we haven't even, and so, I mean, not every day is like that, but no, 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 of course not. You know, and it's one of those things, and we haven't even talked about on in the spring, what a Saturday is like or a Sunday. We haven't even talked about that. That's a full day, you know, cause you're, you're, uh, you're getting the garden uh, ready. You're yeah. out there working yeah. in the garden. Absolutely. Ready. You know, every I'm, year I promise myself it's going to be, um, And even beyond, even not having a spring garden for a lot of years, spring has still been so busy for me. Um, So definitely a lot of weekends spent working the land, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So look, now we've, you know, we've given you things to think about if you want to. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break, come back. I'm going to give you the recipe of the day. And then we're going to talk about should you even do this? That is the big question. So uh, we will be right back with the recipe of the day. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say it's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos.
So I don't know about y'all, but it is cold outside right now. So this recipe is going to be something that will warm you up from deep down in your soul. So we're going to make 15 bean soup. Okay. Super easy and it's delicious. I make it, um, I make a chili once a year. I make this twice a year. So it's a little bit better than chili for us because we make so much of it. We'll eat it for like a week. But um, it starts with going to the store and just getting a bag of 15 bean soup mix. It's a bag of dried beans, comes with a little packet of seasoning. Um, that seasoning is actually a smoky ham flavor, but it is a vegan flavored, a vegan made seasoning. So you can still get that flavor, but vegan. So you're going to follow the directions on the, on the bag. You're going to soak the beans overnight, make deep water so they fluff up. And also when you soak beans and make it so you don't fart as much and then you will um, cook those for two and a half hours simmer them after they've soaked overnight we put in one can of diced tomatoes that's why i go through so many tomatoes um, one onion and garlic and then it definitely says you put a little bit of chili powder in and stuff like that but now you can get a little creative with your uh, mix so what I do is I'll put in chipotle powder and I'll put in smoked paprika and then I'll put a couple extra drops of uh, uh, liquid smoke in it. And then we continue to cook it. Some lemon juice. And if you want meat, you can put meat in it. We made it the other day with some fresh wild dove that we shot. So we had some wild game in there. You could use anything you want. I've made it with um, vegetarian sausage before, stuff like that. So, and yes, if you've listened to us before, you've seen us, I don't eat meat unless I kill it. So hence the wild dove. Um, and then you cook it. And then at the very end, the very, very end, what you do is you put in that seasoning packet and then that's going to give it that nice, you know, smoky flavor and then salt it. And then since my family is a little bit different, you know, I like spicy food. Nobody else does what I do after that is I put in hot chili oil in my own personal bowl, a couple dabs of that off to the races. And it's really warm. And if you let it sit, it'll actually thicken up. The beans will soak up the water, but all the directions are on the bag. Just make sure when it comes time to add the seasonings, get creative. So you can do a whole lot of different things and just think of a different flavor profile that you want. And so Chipotle smoky mixes is what we do a lot. But um, we've done like Italian flavors as well. Sometimes we'll put like an Italian sausage, um, not Italian sausage, a vegetarian Italian sausage in it. And then we'll put basil and then we'll put a little bit extra um, fennel seed in there, which gives it that extra um, Italian sausage flavor. We've done stuff like that. So there's multiple ways to do it, but that is a good way to warm you up during the winter. You're going to make it. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, let's take that recipe right now. Mm-hmm. And let's mm-hmm. say we're growing all of our own food. When we grow our own food, and I want to make that recipe, it's 15 bean soup. I need to have 15 different beans growing into my garden. Think about that for a second. 15 yeah. different beans growing in my garden just to make that soup. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I, mean, I picked that recipe. <laughs> yeah, th- that's that's a uh, that's a lot to consider. Um, and by design, we did not touch on how many people manage this. You know, we talk about growing enough food for my family for a year, 
many people that actually achieve this, they achieve it with asterisks, right? You know, so some of your staples, not even, I mean, of course, you know, your seasonings, your salt and pepper, people are purchasing, but some of your staples when it comes to your rice, your pasta, these people are purchasing those things, right? You know, any of your grains, these people are typically purchasing these things. And then it's, and everything else is coming from the garden. So again, we didn't intentionally, we intentionally did not kind of fold that into the episode as a part of, you know, grow all this food, but just as, as recognize that if you see someone that's saying they're doing it, they are very likely purchasing some of those staples. Well, so Leonard, write this down. I I want to add on to my list for the year of what I want to do, you know, my goals Mm -hmm. for the year. And Mm -hmm. one of my goals is I'm trying to transition over to only spicing foods out of what comes out of my garden, Mm. except for salt and pepper. So entire wars have been fought over salt (laughs) and pepper. I mean, we all know that, right? That's just, that's how this country was founded, was based on different spices and stuff, the search for (laughs) them. And it's important to note when we talk about, and I hate it when people, you know, when you're like, yeah, I, 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 um, I don't eat sugar. They're like, do you eat strawberries? Well, yeah, well, that's a lot of sugar in that. You know, it's like, come on, man. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I grow all my own food. You grow salt. Like, no, fool, I don't grow no damn salt. Like, that's not the point. So the the thing is, is, and, you know, as we talk about should you, is do you want to grow all of your own foods? Yes, no, maybe. Should you? Do you have the time? Do you have the effort? But remember, when you're doing it and you go to the store to buy salt, pepper, maybe some rice, like the idea is that you would, when you would go to the store now, and you'll walk out with, you know, 15, 20 bags from the grocery store, you know, for a week or two, whatever. You're going to come out with two or three. You're going to mm-hmm, get your mm-hmm. rice, your pasta, mm-hmm. your bread, you know, your milk, maybe your butter and, you know, salt, your, your, your spices and then your canning supplies, let's say. But then after that, like if you're doing it, like you're still going to have to go to the damn store. People back then still did, you know, the metric Mm -hmm. of, you know, when our forefathers founded this country of how much money you had was how much firewood you had over the winter. So you could trade Mm -hmm. for all these things. So every people consistently did that. Now there's ways to get salt depending on where you live, but we're not going to get into that because we're not growing salt. Yeah. So a lot of times I've heard you say, um, I feel like something bad's coming. (laughs) <laughs> no, not this time. Your garden um, offsets your grocery bill. It does. And this conversation is kind of the reverse of that. It is your primary food source is from your garden. And there's going to be grocery store trips to offset, you know, some of the things that you're just not going to grow. You're not going to trade and so on and so forth. So um, it's it's really it's a significant flip. Right. Um, but. I, I mean, I'd be I'd love to hear if there's anyone that's actively doing this and you're listening to us. Um, welcome. It's an yeah. honor. <laughs> um, if which may be more likely if there is a desire, which I would probably say to grow more and more of my food, more and more of my food, more yeah. and more of my food for my garden. Um, I think that's, that's probably key. where mm-hmm. I think that's key. Don't try to do it all at once. 
do a little bit at a time. Each year, yeah. add a little bit. You know what I mean? Each year, keep adding and adding. And then that will kind of give you that metric. Because at some point, you may hit and be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm getting 50% of my food bill done. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, that's a big amount. Yeah. If you can offset so, by 50%, that's huge. It takes you some time to figure out, you know, what you need to do, right, to, to actually achieve this goal um and it's going to take you some time to figure out do you really want to do it yeah yeah <laughs> and and then it's the you know now that you got all of that information like like should you go forward with this becomes the question well what is um, so what is your answer to that should you do you think i mean a broad statement do you think people should no you don't think so no i think i think being a part of a garden podcast, I think you should continue to hone your skills as a gardener. Um, so that makes your decision to do or not do easier. Yeah. Right. So being able to and not wanting to is a sweet space to be. Being able to and not needing to is a sweet space. Right. And just because I grow additional foods every year, every year, that year one, when I'm saying I want to grow all of my food for my garden, it's going to be hella hard even still. Yeah. But I'm better prepared than I was 10 years ago, than I was 15 years ago, than I was even three years ago. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's how I challenge, you know, listeners, gardeners. Um, I like that. I agree with you. Um, to an extent, <clears throat> I think you should try to set a percentage and try and offset your grocery bill by that much. Well, that's not what you asked me, buddy. I know. Come on. But I don't think that, I don't, <laughs> I, mean, I, I 100% don't think you should say, I don't have a garden right now, but I'm going to grow my own food. I don't think you should do that. I think that it's yeah. possible. I think that there's definitely resources. I mean, hell, you're listening to a resource right now that we can help mm-hmm. you with that, but there's other mm-hmm. resources as well. And I mean, if you're curious about just Google you know, how much to feed, how much land do I need to feed my family for a year? And you will get plans that people have made of like, you need this amount of this and this amount of that and this amount of this and this, you know, this extra percentage for this and that and all that stuff. So I do, I see that, but I think that we should just be thinking about offsetting and Mm -hmm. setting a goal. If that's something you're even considering in the space, if you just want to be a hobby gardener, do it. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think that's, um, I think personally, um, this is not the overall view of the Backyard Gardens podcast, but personally, I believe that it is imp- that the people that just say, hey, I want a garden just to have a garden because I like it. Those people are the most empowering people because they don't even know that they're doing exactly what Batavia did, said <laughs> they're building their skill set. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time. If you already know how to grow one tomato plant, you can grow two. Yep. You know what I mean? And that being and knowing what you do and don't want to do is amazing too. I suffer from not knowing that. So <laughs> Yeah, ru- being able to rule things out, you know, and, and potentially based on ex- your previous experience growing, that's I mean, you're a ways there already, yeah. you know. So there you have it. Can you grow enough food to feed your family? Yes. Should you, or do you need to? That's up to you. Should you? I don't think so. Batavia doesn't think so, but that's that. Um, Real quick, everybody, for all the patrons out there, thank you so much. We literally could not do this show without you. And seed giveaways, the winner has been announced. Um, 
I'm announcing them as I do them. It's not in line with the show airs, but they have been notified by email. So be checking your emails. We're trying to do it around the 15th of the month. So around the 15th of the month, make sure you're checking your emails. And other than that, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being you. Oh, no, no. See ya. Both of those. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.